0: Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. Today is a very special day because we have, I want to say, one of the OG big guests on our show that really helped shape this podcast. Hmm. And we wouldn't be here. Well, everybody's now seen it. You just saw her gorgeous face, Danielle Laporte. If you're watching the video,
1: <laughs> she was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said that, that was a moment of like, oh, I'm so touched. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll I'll never forget that
0: first conversation that we had and you were sipping your tea. And then we just started laughing because you're we like, wait, did you just hear me take a sip of tea? <laughs> it, was, it was a very, yeah, it was a very real, real moment. So I'm so excited. I feel like, I feel like, why well, I haven't talked to you in a long I mean, I want to say a year. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it's been that long. I don't think it has, but it feels mm-hmm. like it's been a long time since we've chatted. And um, you have a new book out and i'm so so stoked so in february i think when i got the uh, the info about it i was like oh my god when can i get my hands on this book how to be loving it mm-hmm. couldn't come at a better time and obviously i got the uncorrected proof because perks of the job some friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was so moved by so many of the parts In the book, especially how, to me, it felt like from, you know, reading all of your other books, White Hot Truth or even Desire Map, this to me felt like almost the prequel to everything else, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, this is the underneath Mm -hmm. where everything else springs from, if that makes sense to me. Anyway, it, it almost felt like all... Of your works came together mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. for me, you know, mm-hmm. as a fan and somebody that loves you and is really excited about everything that you do. So, mm. thank you for writing the book and thank you for being here to talk to us about it. Oh,
1: I'm so stoked. Yeah, I feel that um, this is all that's necessary is how to be loving. Like, it's just fundamental, it's fundamental philosophically in terms of just my little contribution, this is it. Yeah, what else is there?
0: I mean, really, that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. To me, I guess I I look at the world and I could see how it is a very simple goal to have, or not even goal, because you talk about it being just like who we are, right? This is our essence. It's innately just, Mm -hmm. we spend so much of our time creating these barriers around our heart and who we are (laughs) that it it, it's what stops us from, from being these radiant beings. beings, Exactly. How do we then understanding that in an emotional level, how do we take that and walk in a world that is filled with so much hate and divisiveness and separation and, Yeah. This constant barrage of negativity. Like how do we reconcile both?
1: The outside is a reflection of the inside. It's a universal principle. I've tried to figure out another way. There isn't another way. And what I see happening with like a lot of women in our space is it's, uh, well, you know, I was with a narcissist and I'm an empath. I'm not a narcissist. Well, just hold on a second. Just let's (laughs) press pause there because it's universal law. Nobody escapes Uh. it. But it doesn't mean you are like a grade A narcissist. It means you have that seed frequency somewhere in you. And so all this stuff that is so devastating and heartbreaking, I think there's kind of, there's two pillars to it. One is let your heart break because your higher sensibilities know what's right and wrong. We don't want to admit that this is is hell a lot of the time, that this is not right from music industry to politics, to what we see mostly vastly on social media, to how healthcare is run, to education. It is wrong. It is a defilement of the human spirit, it is not helping us move in the right direction. And we know it instinctively. Some of us know it overtly and fully. Some of us are just waking up to it. So like, feel the pain, feel the injustice, see the weeds in the garden, the bad characters. And then you gotta be like, oh, wait, hold on. Universal law, reflection. We all come from source. You know, I've had some... I have authority issues. So the tyranny that I've observed in the last couple of years in the planet has been really hard for me. (laughs) And I had to stop and go like, okay, I'm going to just take my own medicine. Where am I a tyrant? I'm a tyrant against the tyrants. That led me actually to thinking that, to seeing, you know, like we all know in terms of like Buddhism and consciousness, we hear so often, this is the Maya, this is a dream. I would never get that. I'd be like, Man, what do you mean? This is a dream. Give me it. You know, like I get it, but it's not very practical. <laughs> and now I'm getting it. It's like the true reality is the stuff we hit in joy, but it's fleeting. So we don't think it's really the real show, but that's actually really it. Those intimate connections, the conversations you really love anybody it can even be a stranger those states of like bliss euphoria that can come from surfing or meditation that is you actually piercing the veil that's you getting the taste of the oneness like you oh you just you just went to the other side today that's amazing so then everything else the day-to-day really is I think this theater and You get to wake up and say, okay, it's a dream down here. This is theater. This is all these different levels of dimension, but at least I know it. So then I'm going to walk through this dream awake and I'm going to realize I can keep visiting and pulling in stuff from the other side, the true reality from the higher consciousness of love. And I can bring it here into the dream, wake a few more people up. Oh, right. This is what it means to be heaven on earth. So back to your question, you've got to say to yourself, "Mm, this is heartbreaking. And where am I like this person, this thing, this behavior that I'm pushing against? And then I think we can manage better. I don't think it heals everything, but it gets gets us closer to a regulated nervous system.
0: What would you say to someone or people who would think that that's a form of spiritual
1: bypassing? Oh, yeah. I love the spiritual bypassing conversation. Okay, everybody, let's just all get on the same page about what it is. Spiritual bypassing is when you think something isn't spiritual. And so you take a spiritual perspective or methodology and you smear it all over that apparently unspiritual thing. It's a big schmear. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And that's okay. I love spiritual bypassing. Like it has its place. But the problem with spiritual bypassing, because there's a divine impulse, even in spiritual bypassing, which might sound like a spiritual bypass, which is you want to be loving. You want to do the right thing. You want to raise the vibration. So you say that, oh, that terrible thing that happened and that injustice and that impact and how rude that person was in the heartbreak, oh, it's karma. <laughs> or, you know, it's family of origin stuff, or it's just, I'm going to be grateful. All those things are true as well. I believe everything happens for a reason. Karma is, you know, kind of regulating the global nervous system, but you were unconscious in that moment. You didn't stop and look at what was actually happening, which is there was a part of you that was impacted. That wounded part of you was very offended and very hurt. And that wounded part of you needs you to say, oh, I see that you were offended and wounded so that's why we don't want a spiritual bypass now how do i respond to somebody who says that everything i just said about everybody being a reflection of you and you feeling the injustices of the world on a soul level how is that a spiritual bypass you still when you see commonality you vote differently when you find common ground You are actually embodying wisdom. How do you know a decision is wise or a decision is unwise? A wise decision looks at everything and says, okay, how is this going to benefit everybody or harm anybody? That's a wise decision. An unwise decision, which often comes from a spiritual bypass, is what's going to work for me or what's going to work for me and my my community, my family, my culture. And there's just... more division, and I have to. It's almost, it's a survival mechanism, almost for me. As much as it is a tool of like getting closer to the divine, I have to believe that everything happens for a reason. I have to look for the hand of the infinite in everything. Or it's. I think if you don't, for myself, this just nihilistic. It's just I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. And we all come from the same source. I'm gonna come from there. You can call it whatever you want.
0: Here we are my friends, back to fall, back to busy season. It was so nice this summer to take some time off, to regroup and yeah, really prepare myself for the upcoming season. If you're like me, you don't exactly have all the time in the world to spend on meal prep. That's why I've been using Splendid Spoon. It gives you the fuel you need to tackle everything on your plate with plant based, ready to eat meals delivered right to your door. I have been living for that chocolate cherry smoothie, and their bowls are so fresh and so delicious. Splendid Spoon takes the work out of eating healthy for sure. You can choose from over 50 ready-to-eat meals shipped right to your door on repeat. From breakfast smoothies and lunch bowls to noodle dinners and light soups for those reset days. My favorite thing, of course, is that they are 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and GMO-free with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from around the world. I mean, it is no secret that eating plant-based food can help benefit your energy, your sleep, digestion, complexion. With Splendid Spoon, it's easy to add more plant-based meals to your busy routine. So there is no excuse. So, if you're like me and you want to fuel up for those busy days with Splendid Spoon, get started today and get $120 off of your first three boxes at splendidspoon.com forward slash loved. That's $120 off at splendidspoon.com forward slash loved. Splendidspoon.com forward slash loved. Or you can go to the show notes and click the link directly there. Yeah, and I think I love the openness to letting people make that decision. I don't know that you know this, but I—that was my vibe. Like for my whole younger years, was completely nihilistic because Mm -hmm. my relationship with God or the divine was completely tainted by the Catholic Church. (laughs) You know, it was sort of this disillusion of nothing happens for a reason. The world is a terrible place and we're all going to die, which what a is treat. true. Right? When you treat you
1: were when you were 15. <laughs> yeah,
0: With my like punk rock tease, you know, like, you yeah. know, fuck the system, anything that was sort of this, that didn't have a solid explanation. And so, so for me, I love the balance of both, you know, and I, I think I always end in that place of desiring that belief where, yeah, I know I'm here for a reason. Everything I do matters. I matter. My voice matters. So does everybody else. You know, it's like this more compassionate tapestry of being loving, right? Because I feel like in that nihilistic view, what can happen is this sort of, change or transition into being selfish and narcissistic, right? Because at this point, then it's about me and what I want and my work and how this is going to affect me. And I don't believe in this. So for me, this is what's going to work best. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like for my, in my experience, anytime I've gone into this state of disconnection, I can feel it in my relationships. You know, I can feel it in the Mm -hmm. things that I do, Mm -hmm. you know, everything starts to get this tinge of negativity where, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Nobody's going to care. Like, I'm going to put this out. Nobody's going to read it. I'm going to post this and nobody's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like that sort of already setting yourself up for the disconnection that I think I revert to a lot of the things that I, I learned from you with regard to, you know, the way that we heal and the way that we move from the state of how we want to feel, right? Which is, I don't want to say the old school, but it was like, it's different than this, right? Than what you've written about in this. But reverting back to that state of, okay, how do I want to feel? I definitely don't want to feel like nobody gives a fuck about anything that I do (laughs) because that's not really a great place to be in, you know? So I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit because I know that, especially in the last two years, there's been so much of this, like, everybody's out for themselves. You know, everybody's on their own path. Everybody's in their own healing bubble in my experience anyway, that it Mm -hmm. feels like, how do we start to see each other in a more loving and kind and community way so that we can, we can, you know, move through these things together.
1: What's that mean when you say everybody's in their own healing bubble? Like what's that look like?
0: Yeah. I think that In a way, sometimes my view of the healing or spiritual community is Mm -hmm. very much focused on how something is triggering you being everybody else's problem instead of it being (laughs) yours. Yes. You see what I'm saying?
1: It's like, it's I am so wise that I can see that you are triggering me and why you are (laughs) triggering. I am so, I am so enlightened. I can dissect why you're an asshole.
0: Right. Exactly. And it's like this sort of insular experience where, look, we are on, everybody is on their individualistic path. I understand. And of course, Mm. your healing journey is your own as it should be. But I really feel like in our community, sometimes things are taking a little extra where I see, again, this is like what I'm seeing as as an observer, that it becomes there's this line where all of a sudden now you're in this state of suffering and you're constantly working on yourself that you forget that there are other people who are also moving through their stuff, you know?
1: Well, one kind of cheeky question I ask in How to Be Loving is, where's the best place for the ego to hide? This is a self-help workshop, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, this is really the root of virtue signaling. It's like, we've got all our woundedness and we're going to heal ourselves and we're all here for love and oneness. But then the ego is just like, well, I'm going to be really righteous in this context. Yeah. So then we get to like, I know so much more than everybody else knows about how life works and the cosmos. And when you know so much more than everybody else, whole lot of people are wrong. And it's just divisive and it's so boring and it's so taxing and it's so lonely. It's lonely being so knowledgeable about how you know, the inner workings of someone you don't really even know.
0: I mean, that's honestly what gets me about people. You know, I, I have to take breaks, you know, from social media. Like I really just have to, mm. di- you and I have had this conversation for years, Danielle, for years where mm. I remember at one point and I did, and I listened to you. I think this was back in like 2017. And I told you, I'm like, I hate Facebook, I don't like it. <laughs> it's not for me. It. I get angry. I get irritated. Everything in my body just rejects Facebook. And you go, "We'll oh, stop using it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. go, don't. It's not don't, good for you. Don't use it. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Okay. I this guess, is a great example of being, of, of waking up though, becoming more conscious because... There's all these things we think we have to do, but if we just tune in, the word I would use is it's agitating. Mm. It's just a little bit, it's like our, you know, we're a jar of liquid. It's getting shaken a bit. We think we need to do the social media game. We think we need to actually listen to that hit song. We think that person with the gazillion followers and everybody else is playing that record or reading that book or whatever. Well, it must be good. So we ingest that stuff. And like one thing I've done in the last couple of years is I started with like a pretty radical diet around entertainment stuff. So for me, that mm-hmm. includes music. You know, you know, music is like huge in my life. You know, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in some other dimension, I'm a DJ. And then I really started, <laughs> that's going to be my next book um, yeah. <laughs> in some other dimension. I'm a DJ. Yeah. Coming out in 2025. I started paying attention to how I felt. And I am just like, even with this backbeat, this is, I don't feel settled. I don't feel rested with this song. And a lot of that stuff is actually designed with its, you know, it's megahertz, whatever, whatever it's beats per minute to to agitate you. And then I started listening to just more lyrics and just paying attention to how, like I always, I often hear a song in the morning and it's amazing the choice. Like I think what happens is my soul or some unseen beautiful guidance says, okay, we just want to give you these lyrics from the song you heard 10 days ago. And this is your message for the day. But the sticky quality of negative things has become really apparent. So I asked myself, why is it that a negative heavy song gets looped in the mind? Because I don't think we're low vibration beings. I think we are, we're the love, we're the high vibe stuff. I think it's your psyche, your heart as well is registering the negativity as an intruder. So it does have, it's, you know, first of all something negative wants to feed. There is a parasitic nature to, you know, misery loves company, but also misery is looking for a host. So that negative messaging in the song, the BS in the mainstream news, just a miserable person who just wants everybody to be miserable. It's seeking. So there's, there's an actual hook built in to reach. And then your heart is going to say, well, intruder, intruder, intruder and you're just facing the intruder. So you're hearing the song, you're hearing the negative script. And for me, the solution was to just go on the diet. It wasn't about trying to like, choose more positive thoughts while I'm listening to this misogynistic song. I mean, I did think that I thought that was like my spiritual warriorship is like, I'm just going to transmute all this negative media and like keep dancing. I was like, no, just like, don't hang out where there's pollution. Why ingest it? Right. So, I mean, the what
0: you're saying, I hear you, but I'm like, that's literally like. Every single song. I mean, it's a lot
1: of music out there. It's a lot. It's I, there's so much I don't listen to. And, but here's the real practical thing. Like this is just like, you know, really hip person to really hip person. It's like, you just get down to like a lot of cheesy, positive pop guys you got to dig deeper to find like sexy, enlightened music. It's out there. It's out there. But even if, uh, you know, there's somebody I really love and the message is like, you're never going to get over this heartbreak or I'm needy or you broke my, I'm just like, mm, fast forward. And it's, it's like a spiritual practice because my body likes to move. I love yeah. the, the mesmerizing of the, of the beat, whatever. And I'm just like, no. And then I watch, you know, my son's 18 now. and. um, I mean, let's just talk about euphoria. I am a oh. big, no, I love Zendaya. She is talented. She deserves all the awards. She's gifted. This is, I'm not talking about the quality of the production because it's yeah. outstanding. But that imagery, the vibration that that storyline carries and it being all sexified and glossy I do not, I find a very, I was upset. I'm upset, I'm upset. And then I'm upset that my kid is there in the dark being mesmerized by this. And I said, you know, sweetheart, like, really? And he's like, this is real life, mom. This is like how it's going down. It's like, you don't have to focus on it. It may be happening, but that's not what you wanna be paying attention to. Pay attention to, you know, the algorithm, and this is just turning into a girlfriend's house. Let's do it. The algorithm with TikTok is different in China than it is in North America. So Chinese own TikTok. So the algorithm for the Chinese population, especially young teenagers, is the more you know they want to go look at their culture and their age group, you go higher in the algorithm if you are TikToking about educational stuff and you know, what the Chinese would see as morality. Whereas here it's the actual opposite. Now you can guy kind of go down this. You don't have to go far down a conspiracy hole to think, whoa, Chinese are the Chinese are controlling TikTok and they're making sure that we are getting rewarded for degradation and hypersexualization and younger and younger females and males hypersexualizing themselves. You know, who's the joke on? So what if just more positivity showed up in your feed? What if it was about people doing good deeds? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if it was about a fitness that included everybody, all those things? That's what you're eating. So I know euphoria is reflecting a painful part of our reality, but it's getting glorified. Yeah, but don't you think
0: that that's been the theme in a lot of pop culture, the, you know, I mean, back in the 90s, you remember the look was heroin chic. I mean, that was Uh literally, right? The thing. This is what it was called. It was the glamorization of drugs and Mm -hmm. sex. Hey friends, I have to tell you about an amazing new service I found called Framebridge. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without leaving your house. You can add a gallery wall to your home office or send an easy foolproof gift, especially for all of those weddings you have coming up. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can Framebridge just about anything using the service is pretty easy just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail your physical pieces you can preview all of your items online and there's dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts you can choose from you can get recommendations from their talented designers the experts at framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door and will be ready for you to hang. And instead of the hundreds, you'll pay at a framing store, which I've been to, and sometimes they are ridiculously priced. Their prices start at $39 and all the shipping is free. Plus, all of my listeners will get 15% off of their first order. All you have to do is go to framebridge.com and use the code LOVED. I hope my in-laws aren't listening to this, but they recently had their 50th wedding anniversary and I framed one of their pictures and I can't wait for them to see it. So you can get started today, frame your photos and send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code LOVED to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com. Use the promo code LOVED at checkout. I get it. You know, for me, I absolutely, I love the fact that you brought up this topic and you talked about it in regard to you having an 18-year-old son, because I don't have children, so I can watch this all day long and definitely appreciate the music, appreciate the art form, appreciate the writing, appreciate the way it's shot Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is very sexy and it's attractive art. and it's like, yeah. it absolutely is, but... You know, I had a conversation with a dear friend of mine who has a daughter that's 15 years old and was really having a hard time because she didn't feel that her daughter was age appropriate to watch and understand, you know, exactly the Mm -hmm. implications of watching a show like this. Mm-hmm. And her daughter ended up watching it with a friend. She went to a friend's house and ended up watching it and then had all these questions and then, you know, was very compelled to explore different things. And that's as much as I'm going to say, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like at the end of the day, you, can you, or can you not? I mean, I think it's not necessarily like, well, whose fault is that? Somebody would say, okay, that's a operator error. Like that's a parenting issue. Or it could be like, it's a media issue. It's like the accessibility of making things more accessible to younger children. And I think it's absolutely, I mean, I wouldn't want my child watching it if I mm-hmm. had kids. Like I would be very hesitant. It would give me pause, you mm-hmm.
1: know? Yeah, this is a, the question that I mean, you can ask... Is this ethical? Is this moral to expose younger minds, impressionable minds to this? No. But you could ask a more primal question, which is, is this the most loving thing to do? No. Is this love or is this darkness? Is this love or is it ignorance? And yeah, heroin chic and cocaine Kate and all that stuff when we were growing up, right? I mean, this is like, this is eons of us feeding on darkness so that we don't expand so that we don't get together. And there are ways to, in the healthiest way, glorify and make art out of people's internal struggles and getting to their own version of what Hero looks like and not making it sexy, and yeah. I could go on. I mean, I, mean I, I, I I live in a drug infested, very close to a drug infested area in my city, and there's nothing glamorous about it. And there are things that they could do in that art to really portray really what happens: the sexually transmitted diseases and the skin breakouts, and your life is over. But they just just pull back from that edge of ugliness so that everybody still looks great with their filters and,
0: yeah. Oh, but this is a whole nother. I mean, we're going there. I mean, we'll Mm -hmm. really, that's just the whole different behemoth of topic. I actually Mm -hmm. want to just pull the string on something you said, because it ties into what you talk about in the book just to to bring it back because yeah let's
1: let's let's move some books here for <laughs> a, yeah okay go
0: <laughs> so my what you were saying now is this conditioning of what you know we're essentially being taught i want to talk about success and what that looks like on the outside right mm-hmm. like what we think Oh, me walking into this room looking this sort of way, this is going Mm -hmm. to, this is the vision of success that I'm trying to relay. You know, this is Mm -hmm. the visual that I want to show people, right? And so Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about your experience in really peeling the layers back and redefining letting go and what that means to you uh, Mm. specifically with regard to this, this outward projection.
1: You get to project whatever you want. You get to look gorgeous and beautiful and have the best backdrop and do that. And I think there's a shadow side to that. And there's a light side. The shadow is you want to look perfect and you want everybody to think you have it together. And you're really, it's an image. The, The light side is, this is respect. I suit up and I show up. I look my best and I'm celebrating my life. That's cool. For me, you know, I've gone through this radical simplification. I mean, radical love for me was simplifying big time over the last couple of years. And in our space, what happens is we see people sharing their pain a lot because I think they know the pain is sticky. We know it's like, yeah. we've all become our own little newspapers. What, yeah, yeah, what yeah. bleeds leads, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I've, I don't do that in real time. The reason I don't share my stuff in real time is one, I want to get through it. Two, I'm actually committed to being of service. So I gotta like process my lessons and actually tidy it up and turn it into a teachable. Like, what did I learn from this? To me, that's responsibility versus like just emotional spewing. Well, it's it's also a sign of a wise teacher. So
0: people Mm. take notes. Continue. No shit.
1: And I don't want anybody's projections on me. I'm I'm vulnerable, I'm suffering. I don't need anybody else's ideas about how I got into my soup or what's gonna get me out of my soup. You know, it's like the few times when I've gone online and said, I've had in the past, I like to put this in past tense, you know, I've had respiratory issues everybody comes on and tells you, and it's just like, Hey, I've been to so many shamans to heal my lungs. I've taken so many tinctures, you know, and then you have and a whole other thing to deal
0: with. I like what you were saying about the simplification of, you know, what you had to go through the sort of peeling back of what the outward projection. And then you went on to talk about another topic that I think is really good too, about, you know, being in a vulnerable state and also being able to process what you're going through, not in real time. And I think that that's where definitely having a platform where you get, you want to share and be of service. You have to play this game where it's like, I want to be able to share with you what's going on, but you also don't want to share when it's a little too soon. You haven't found the wisdom. In, and actually you you gave me that advice years ago when I was going through my my fertility journey and, you know, me wanting to talk about it and share about it. And I remember you telling me like, wait until you're ready, like go through it and have your experience. And, and I did, and it took a, many years to talk about it. And, and even now, you know, I, even when I was ready and I got everybody's, I literally <laughs> went down the list of all the advice, same, same Z's, all the advice that Everybody gave me and how unhelpful it was, and literally got responses that were the same things that I had said. I'm like, I tried everything. I went through the mm-hmm, list, mm-hmm, like and people mm-hmm. emailing, Well, did you try this? Well, did you do this? Well, you just have to stop trying. Like, you just have to do and it's like, guys, like yeah. we're not having compassion here. But I
1: think falls I don't give advice. With- I know this is gonna sound ironic. I don't give advice anymore. So it's like, if you ask, I mean, sometimes I'm just busting to say something and I'll be like, <laughs> you know, would you like my perspective? Uh, <laughs> I'll take your perspective. Any <laughs> fucking time. Not, I also don't want the karma of manipulating anybody's thoughts, of giving them advice that backfires. No, I just don't. So. But do you think it backfires, Danielle?
0: I mean, really? Or do you think sometimes we're called to speak on something and that person needs to
1: maybe hear what needs to be said?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: My way now is like, I tell stories. I talk about things that I've done <laughs> and you take what you want and leave the rest. It's like a little kind of soft <laughs> shoe thing that I do because we have to own our power in terms of giving advice. Someone really it respects you and you say, Turn right instead of left, and they turn right, that's partially on you. And it's better if someone makes their own mistake because they build the muscle. Like, I feel like taking someone else's advice is like this crutch sometimes when you Mm -hmm. could really be learning how to run. And you learn how to run when you make your own errors. Mm -hmm. And that's been my own journey. Like, back to I've gone on this diet of entertainment stuff. Still, lots of music, all that stuff. I've also gone on this diet of spiritual texts and inspirational stuff because, you know, I was really getting into some great esoterica stuff and had some experiences like those bookshelf, you know, the book flying off the bookshelf kind of stuff, meant to be. Wow. And it was making me anxious because I was feeling like I wasn't evolved enough. I wasn't facing the right direction when I was meditating. It wasn't, you know, my chakras weren't and all that. And like, I love. Oh my God, I love knowing the metaphysics of that. But it wasn't giving me the results, which was a calmer nervous system. So I could actually be a more loving person towards myself and other people. So I had to shelve a lot of that stuff. My ego, this might be useful for people to hear. My ego did not want me to shelve all the spiritual teachings. It was hard for me. Like I put those books away, like really put them away and thought, I am missing out on some universal knowledge. Or I would be better off with this stuff in my life. Or I need to learn how to perfect that kind of metaphysical ninja something. And I really felt kind of vulnerable when I put all that stuff away. But I got strong. I got calmer. <laughs> and it affects my tone. It affects how I show up in relationships when I'm just like, it's just me and my thoughts. I'm not trying to perform for some guru, really. It's way better.
0: When it comes to saving the planet, there is no neutrality. If you keep your money in most standard bank accounts, they're lending your deposits out to fund oil and coal. You can switch to the planet side and get Aspiration. Aspiration is a climate friendly alternative to big banks. Get an account and debit card that's built to help your wallet and the planet. Moving just $1,000 to an Aspiration Plus account has the same impact as driving 6,000 miles less. Plus, you can earn up to 71 times as much interest than your good old bank. And here's the best part, Aspiration's been hard at work helping people align their money with their values, funding the planting of over 100 million trees on their way to funding the planting of $1 by 2030. It's no wonder why Forbes, NerdWallet, and The Penny Hoarder recommend Aspiration for the eco-conscious. For me, personally, I feel good having an Aspiration account because I want to be part of fighting climate change. So make your dollars make a difference. Open an Aspiration account at Aspiration.com forward slash loved debit and move your money out of fossil fuels. You can help save the planet with your Aspiration debit card. Open your account at Aspiration.com forward slash loved debit today. Aspiration.com forward slash loved debit. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I love that. I feel like a lot of the times we can get really stuck in the space of wanting to. It's part of the teachings, right? We're students and we have to continue to learn and evolve and work with these teachings and go on to the next rung and then the next rung and then the next level and then the next practice. And I'm with you, you know, I'm, I like staying in analog for as long as I can, Mm. you know, Mm. I mean, yeah. Organic. Yeah. Mm. Just Mm. I'll be a novice for the rest of my life. Yeah. God willing, you know, well, I can keep talking (laughs) with you and your being and your loving heart for Mm. hours. I think that the work that you do is so powerful and so needed. And obviously you've been doing this for a long time. And I think that there's definitely something to be said for someone who has had as much experience as you have. I feel like that's my one big rub with the spiritual community is that I feel like one day I woke up and there was all these people teaching things that they hadn't yes. integrated into their
1: beings yet. You mean you mean shamans named Tracy <laughs> and Kevin? <laughs> I don't even yeah. know who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no one specific. Oh. I just hear, you know, I was like, oh, I went and did an ayahuasca trip with a shaman named Connor. And I'm just like, hey, whoa, hold oh, on. Did, my favorite- did he do the 40 day shaman course oh, or is he actually oh, from a yeah, lineage? Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't have a lineage. I
0: just got the message from some being, spirit being that I saw in my sleep. And that's what initiated me into the lineage. I'm not kidding. That's what somebody told me. And I was like, oh,
1: mm-hmm. okay. That is not going to help other people. You know, you will hear these stories. That reminds me of, do you know the the guru Ananda Mahima? Okay. She is self-initiated. So this is worth, this, this is, we need to get this into the conversation because... Self-initiation does happen. And this is a perfect example of using, you know, a metaphysical, miraculous occurrence and then twisting it, bringing it down to like Venice Beach. <laughs> Influence your level, right? Okay, Or
0: Hollywood in your apartment while you're doing cocaine and ayahuasca. Side note, that's what this person's self-initiation was encompassed with. But continue.
1: Right. so Ananda Mayima she was so beautiful just she was stunning to look at I often get distracted by her beauty she is self-initiated but how you know the difference that it like actually worked for her was without having education or any schooling in these spiritual texts she was able to recite and follow the initiate initiatory processes on her own and people were like but you haven't been initiated by this guy and this guy and this guy, and you haven't been through that ceremony. And you knew that the water does this, and the faith. And so she was really bringing it in. Few and far between, masterful. So it does happen.
0: Okay, it does happen. I'll I'll give you that. But I don't know that it happens as often as Instagram says it does. No, that's it. <laughs> so let's just clear that up. That being said, I am always honored and feel privileged having a conversation with you because I know it's always going to be good. So thank you for taking the time and thank you for writing such an incredible book as huge mm-hmm. Just so that everybody knows you're listening to this, the book is out now. You can buy it everywhere books are sold. We will be giving away 20 copies of the book to the first 20 people who will, uh, who are, will post this podcast episode on Instagram stories or on your grid and tag both Danielle and myself. And that info will be also in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, but all of that info being said, Danielle, is there anything else that you want to share that is, uh, a burning desire?
1: I'm not about desire anymore. What I want to share is, I'm just tuning in to self-initiate here, just one minute. just hold. I'm kidding. did you did you get it? You missed? Did you miss that one? I got I got it. I got it. Okay, Okay. okay, get serious. Rosie Danielle. okay, serious. This is serious business. Yeah, okay. this is what I want to say. This is a request cause I don't give advice anymore. Your natural inclination is to forgive. And if you are really still, you're going to hear, it's a small voice because it gets beaten out of us, but someone does you wrong. Someone did you wrong, whatever it is. Actually, if you're just gentle for a minute, you'll be like, I really want to give him a break. I want to be over this. I really just want to get on with things. That is the default of the heart, but we talk ourselves out of it. We let ourselves get talked out of it. So here's the invitation. Don't let yourself get talked out of being forgiving.
0: Wow, I love that. In fact, actually, it just reminded me, you just did a live, an Instagram live with Tracy Stanley, which you talk about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So we'll link that live chat that you must watch because we didn't get an opportunity to talk about it on today's show but it's definitely a great live and I love the example that you give about the person that you felt you needed to forgive it was a great great conversation actually it inspired me to try it and it was a really powerful experience for me so you asked someone for forgiveness yeah oh wow how'd it go it was good I mean I've never in my entire life been in a position where I felt so like words just came out of my mouth. Mm. Like I just allowed my heart to speak and to just apologize for, you know, uh, my actions and my inaction with this person in in my life. And uh, it was received well, in my opinion, but at the same time, I I didn't feel the need to have it be received in any way. It just felt like I need to do this. And um, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. It's such a gift. Yeah. You know how to be loving. We all really actually know how to be loving.
0: I mean, I think you've said it's such an innate, it's just such an innate quality. I think a lot of the times we just stop ourselves from Mm. being, you know, I think it's... I love what you said about the ego hiding and, you know, where it hides. Self-help
1: circles. Yeah. It's the best place. (laughs) If you wanted to hide, where would you go? Uh, (laughs) Go to a workshop. Yeah.
0: Okay. Final question before I ask it, where can people go for more information or to connect with you?
1: I love being
0: on Instagram.
1: Everything is at daniellelaporte.com. And, you know, I have this beautiful membership, heart center membership. It's like this gorgeous spiritual support system. I have this coaching facilitating curriculum called the heart centered leadership program. It's really powerful. It's being used at like huge consulting agencies and it's being used in yoga studios. And with love, Danielle, that's my podcast. I'm obsessed. Thank you. You're so great at lifting people up. It's really great. Thank you. Thank you. You bought 20 (laughs) copies of my book. It's amazing. (laughs) Nobody's done that. Uh, Final
0: question. Yeah. I'm curious if this answer will be different than the other two times I've asked you this. How do you feel radically loved?
1: When I love the parts of me that I've been pushing away for years. I love that. I love it.
0: Danielle Laporte, everyone, the book is called How to Be Loving as Your Heart is Breaking Open and Our World is Waking Up. Please get your copy today. Show your love, show your support. Danielle, thank you again so much for being here, for being a part of our community. We love you and we hope you'll be back to see us soon.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.